friends, my name is Brittany and this is the Caption the Chaos podcast. Each week we talk about how to grow your family photography business without burnout. I share tactical tips, tricks, and things you've got to be doing in order to have success without sacrificing the parts of your life that are most important. I sat down to talk with Kate, who is a photographer based in Melbourne, Australia. We talked about some pretty hard topics and again, I'm shown just how impactful our jobs as photographers is. Kate shares with us her child-led approach to photography and why it's so important. Kate, can you introduce yourself to everybody? Absolutely. Uh, My name's Kate and I'm a 42-year-old single mum to Oakley and Piper who will be turning four and seven this month. Um, I live in Australia about 30 miles outside the centre of Melbourne which is one of the biggest cities here in the country. Um, It's about 20% of our total population lives in Melbourne. Uh, Before becoming a photographer, I was a police officer and detective for 15 years. And I think it's important for listeners that I give a trigger warning at this point um, because with today's topic, I am going to be talking about my experience in investigating domestic violence and sexual assault. So for some people, they may not want to listen further or to be mindful that that's what's coming. I've been running my photography business for just over two years and I specialise in outdoor family sessions and I use a child and baby-led approach uh, in my photography. Can you explain what a child and baby-led approach is? Absolutely. In terms of photography, it's kind of, a, I guess, a term that I made up. Um, but essentially, the central premise of it is that the child's well-being is my number one priority during the session. So I like to give the children choices. I allow and, in fact, encourage them to say no to anything they don't want to do or that they're uncomfortable with. I ask them for input. I'll adapt and change the session as needed. And I embrace the children's personalities and needs Um, whether it's an ongoing special need that they have or whether it's just something that's going on for them on that day. Um, If a child gets upset, I insist that we take a break. I won't continue with anything that's making the child uncomfortable. Um, And I actually go so far that I won't tolerate anybody that's there making threats to the child of, you know, if you don't smile, if you don't look at the camera, if you don't do what the lady says, um, I just won't allow children in front of my camera to be pressured and I won't force them to give physical affection to other people involved in the shoot. And on occasions uh, during my sessions, I have actually pulled adults aside to speak to them um, about what they're doing and to let them know that it's not helpful and that it doesn't align with my methodology and I ask them politely to just let me do the job that they've hired me to do. I mean it's so uncomfortable when a parent is like pressuring a kid to you know sit down and smile and you're like oh my gosh it's really okay I don't need them to do that. Um, Why is it important to you to take this child and baby-led approach? I think because of my previous policing work So of the 15 years that I was in the force, um, the last seven of those, I was a detective specialising in sexual offences and child abuse. So I did a lot of additional training um, and it's important that we understand that um, sexual offenders and predators 
groom children and they groom their families. Um, so it's from the context of working with those people that I've adopted this approach. And we make the job or, you know, or the task for the offenders and the perpetrators so much easier in their grooming if we teach young children that they can't be themselves, that they have to ignore their instincts or their gut feeling. And that, you, know, you have to be polite. You have to give affection. You have to kiss grandma. You have to hug your auntie, even if that doesn't feel okay to them. So I want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Um, and we know that displaying family photos in our homes is good for children's self-esteem and it gives them this sense of being loved and belonging. And I think that can only be amplified if we make the experience of taking the photos one that empowers the children and lets them be themselves, whatever that might look at, look like. So I don't necessarily have the words that I follow a child or a baby-led approach, but I mean, it is very much the children. I say the children are the bosses of the session because they very much are. I'm going to do whatever they want to do. And my sister, she works with um, with with elementary schools. Uh, I can't remember her, like a social worker type position. And something that I picked up from her is before she ever would like touch a kid in any way, like she always asked permission. And so I kind of developed that habit from her. So if there's a kid who I want them to go stand in a certain spot and they're not understanding or turn a certain way, I always say, is it okay if I, if I, if I show you, like if I put my hands on your arms and show you where to go and they usually say yes, but I just, I want to put that in there right now that that is a great practice to start, especially as photographers when we're working with little kids. Always ask the kids, not the parents, ask the kids if it's okay if you help them. Um, thank you for thank you for for sharing this information with us. I was going to ask if you've always been child led. I kind of I'm going to assume that you have always been child led in your approach to photography. Has there ever been a time that you weren't? Uh it's certainly become more of a focus, I would say, and I've articulated it more clearly as my business has gone on. Um, As a parent, I did not set out to be a child-led parent, Um, but because of my daughter's temperament when she came along, um, that was what ended up happening. I wound up being a fairly extreme attachment parent simply to survive her. Um, Pause. For people... For people who don't know what an attachment parent is, can you explain that? So attachment parenting is, it's a child and baby-led um, okay. approach to parenting. It includes things like co-sleeping, baby-wearing, often extended breastfeeding, um, sort of really meeting high emotional needs. Um, so, yeah, I became an attachment parent simply because that's what my child needed. I used to think that people that co-slept were insane. Um, and I've done it. You know, my children are only just now beginning to sleep in their own room and they still come in nearly every single night. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's been a journey. Um, And when I started my business, so Piper was almost five, so I had had five years of changing how I thought I would be as a parent to meet her where she was at. As kids tend to do for us. (laughs) Absolutely. So I'd been her mum for five years and I'd been a detective working in this field for seven years. Um, so from the outset, setting up the business, you know, when I looked at my values, it was important that I take a child-led approach. I didn't verbalise it or have it in my copy 
so much um, in the beginning, but over time, I have woven it through more and more and have articulated it uh, through my website and my socials. And one thing that I think it's it's a little bit of an aside, but it's an interesting story from when I was policing. Um, I was the lead investigator on an incest case. So incest is sexual assaults between family members, so parent-child or um sibling to sibling and this case went to a committal hearing and it was an adult victim who had been offended against um, as an adolescent by her father and in the committal hearing the defense lawyers so the lawyers representing her father handed her a bundle of family photos and had her go through them and they were saying to her well these are photos of you and your father she's like yes and they said but you're smiling in all of these photos So how can you be saying that he was sexually assaulting you? And she was very articulate. Um, She was an amazing woman. But she said, that's what we're conditioned to do. You smile at the camera and you say cheese. Um, And that made such an impact upon me that even the person that was raping her on a regular basis, the conditioning is that you don't let on and you smile to the camera. Um, And so that particular experience just always is there in the back of my mind. Um, And if I'm working with a child or a family member, it can be an adult, and they are wanting that distance from somebody else or they're not engaging the way that as society we expect them to, you just don't know what's going on for Mm -hmm. that person. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just, I'm kind of speechless and I'm floored. So how do you prepare the parents beforehand to let them know that you're like, I'm going to let the child lead the session? Like, how do you prepare them? Uh, In quite a few ways. In 2021, um, during one of our many lockdowns here in Melbourne, I was reflecting on this issue and that I wanted to make it more prominent in my messaging. So I actually wrote a child empowerment and wellbeing statement Um, I also have an accessibility and inclusion statement on my website. And the process of sitting and actually documenting what these things meant for me and what it looks like and my why was a real moment of clarity and has then allowed me to make these things part of my messaging and part of my brand. So both of these statements are really prominent on my website. Um, I have links to them on my homepage, on my about page, on my portfolio page. You know, it's woven right through. I talk about it in my blogs. If I'm writing about um, a session and I'm describing how it played up and played out and, you know, little Billy was running away and I allowed him to do it and I followed him and then this happened and this happened, I then say, you know, as per my wellbeing statement, and I hyperlink to it. So I'm just constantly referencing back to that. Um, And about six months ago, I was reflecting on my social media and I thought, I've got all this copy that I've created for my website. Why am I trying to reinvent the wheel when I'm on Instagram or Facebook? So I actually went through my website and pulled out extracts Um, and save them in my phone and so now I repeatedly just copy and paste you know I'll write one sentence you know this was a great session you know little Susie was playing in the flowers 
did you know that I use a child and baby-led approach? This is what it means. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just am constantly hammering that message through my socials. Um, I do a phone consult with all of my clients. So often it comes up naturally in that conversation. Um, I will often send out parents, particularly if I suspect that maybe they're not going to quite get it. Yeah, so often between the booking and the session, I will send links either to blog posts or I have an article that I wrote on preparing your children for a photo session, um, which references a lot of this stuff. Um, And I would often do that for my extended family bookings um, because normally I've dealt with one family member and they typically have between three and five households. So I'll send it out the week of the session and say, hey, can you share this with each family so they all know um, how this is going to be on the day. And when we arrive at the session, I always take a couple of minutes when we're at the cars and give a bit of a briefing. I think it's the police officer in me. (laughs) You brief everybody before you go to the search warrant. Well, I give everybody a briefing of, this is the session, these are my cameras, this is the types of instructions I will give to you. And at that point, I also touch on how I'll be working with the kids. Um, And at that point too, I always get down on their level, which is really important for children and speak to them directly. And I'll say, hey, you know, we're going to go for an adventure in the forest. We're going to look for the animals. We might climb on some logs. If at any point, I suggest we do something and you don't like the idea or you're not comfortable, you're allowed to tell Kate, no, I don't want to do that. Um, You're allowed to throw ideas up. Um, You know, you can participate in the decision-making. You know, this is about how you want to be photographed. Um, So I'd speak to the child or children directly as well um, right before starting the session. So I think we see it a lot. You know, when people talk about, um, you know, in the industry, if you're having a big focus on printed wall art, that you need to have that messaging from the very beginning um, and on your website and in your questionnaire and in your emails. It's no different with this. If you're doing anything mm-hmm. um, that you want the end result to have, you from the very, very beginning, have it there front and centre and to just hammer on it again and again. Right. I absolutely agree. It's like communication. If you're not communicating with people about your expectations and how you run your sessions and things like that, of course, they're going to be confused. I mean, if they read it one time on your website, they might not even read it on your website. They're going to forget. They're going to have skipped over it. They're you know not going to think it's important. But when you repeat it, you repeat it and you repeat it it's going to drive that idea home. So, you know, you, it sounds like you have really good communication with your families. <laughs> what would be some advice you would give to other photographers who want to kind of take the same approach? I actually, I think not who want to, I think everyone should take this approach. All right. So I'm just going to put that out there right now. So I think everyone should take this approach. Tell everyone how to do it. Well, firstly, I'll say like, I have gone all in with this stuff because of my experiences before starting my business and because I'm just really passionate about it. You know, you can't sit in a small room with child victims of sexual assault and not have it impact you for the rest of your life. There are up, there are downsides. Let me 
say that. Um, by using this approach, I do a far higher number of reshoots or like supplementary sessions than mm-hmm. other photographers um, because, you know, I will call it um, and say, like, we're done, we have to come back. Um, but for me, I'm passionate enough about it that that's okay. And the clients that I attract generally appreciate that I offer that. Um, and that is where I value add for my clients. You know, it's not um, through print products. It's not through client closet or wardrobe. Um, it's by saying to them, look, I'll make myself available at no charge. We'll come back because I want this to be a positive, empowering experience for your child and, you know, for your family. So that is certainly a big part of my client experience. Um, but that is the trade-off of going all in with this approach. In saying that, you can do it to different extents. You don't have to be as full on about it as I am. Um, you know, as family photographers, so much, I think when we're behind the camera, we focus on connection, we focus on physical contact. It can be as simple as not insisting on having the child kiss and hug other adults that are present. Um, And you see that in the body safety and the body autonomy books. And I actually pulled out one that I bought for my daughter when she was 18 months old um, because I got on this bandwagon early. So this particular book that I bought for my daughter when she was one and a half is called No Means No. And I just thought it would be thought-provoking to read It's two sentences. When Auntie Jeannie asks me for a kiss and I don't want to, no means no. I can choose to blow her a kiss, shake her hand or give her a high five. But if I don't want a hug or a kiss, no means no. So as photographers, it can be as simple as that. If a kid says, no, I don't want a hug, Grandma, saying to the child, well, what would you like to do? And they might say, I want to run in circles around grandma. I want to dance with grandma. I want grandma to watch me while I balance on the tree. And that can be just as good a photo as a cuddling photo, Mm -hmm. but it's empowering the child and respecting their boundaries. So it doesn't have to be a huge thing. But, yeah, if a kid says no, okay, what do you want to do? Ask the question. We can do it silently whether we're photographing or just at the supermarket, um, the grocery store, by not judging other parents who are letting their kids feel their feelings and express themselves. So it doesn't have to be verbal. It doesn't have to be front and centre. It can just be changing our mindset and not passing judgment on allowing kids to express themselves. It can be not taking the kids' reaction to us personally. Um, And coming out of lockdown, um, here in Melbourne, we spent 263 days in hard lockdown. Um, A lot of that was 23 hours a day, and we weren't allowed to go more than three miles from home um, for shopping or for exercise. So coming out of that, um, a lot of the little kids I've worked with are not used to strangers. And Mm -hmm. I have parents say, I'm sorry that she's being shy. I'm sorry if she's rude. I'm sorry that this is taking a while. And I'm like, that is fine. I'm I'm not taking it personally. That's where they're at. Um, And it's a protective mechanism. And it's, it's not a bad thing. What I would say to photographers is take some time to think about 
and to analyze like what knowledge or life experience or values do you have? Um, and so often people say to me, sex offense detective to family photographer, that's such a change. But there are so many transferable skills and yeah. so much of my previous role that I bring to my business. And we all have things that we could bring to our businesses and that we can leverage to be offering something that's unique and different to every other photographer in our market and that is also fulfilling and purposeful. Um, so, yeah, I say to everybody, particularly you know, if you're struggling to get clients, if you don't know what to write on your About Me page or in your socials, to sit and think what is different about me that I can bring to my business. Um, and it doesn't have to be as heavy as what I've brought to mine. Yeah. You know, it might be that, you know, you might have been a competitive dancer, so you get the whole dance yeah. mum thing and you speak to that. Or maybe it's that you grew up, you know, with divorced parents and so you leverage that and you speak to and you target blended families. Um, it might be that, you know, you've travelled. It, it, there's so many ways that we can make our offerings unique mm -hmm. um, and I just it it saddens me when I see people unable to put more of themselves in their messaging and in their business because I yeah. think that is satisfying um, and it can be really successful well you know people don't necessarily you know it's not just about taking pretty pictures it's really about who they're working with and they want to work they pick you because they like you maybe at the first maybe at the beginning they picked you because they had you had pretty images but really it's about who you are and what you offer and what you bring to the table and how you make them feel at the end of the day so absolutely I completely agree with you and then you said you know sit and think about what makes you different and what you know what transferable skills you have sometimes that's really hard to do uh it's really hard to for me to think about like what my strengths are um so what I've done in the past is I turned it around and I, I asked my past clients and I said, you know, what is it that really like brought you to me or what kept bringing you back to me? You know, why, why did you like working with me? And I wrote down every single answer and I started seeing that there was a pattern. It was because you're patient, you're laid back, you know, you, it was like the same thing over and over again. So if you're having trouble finding what that skill is, like that, what that special thing, special thing that you have, um, you know, turn around on, on clients that you've worked with and ask them what they think it is. So um, I, wow, like this is really incredible. I love the whole idea of baby and child led approach. And, you know, you put such a a different I think a lot of us really do kind of let the kids run the session but you put such a more important I want to say like emphasis on it and like there is a reason why we do this maybe we we don't know how to articulate why we let the kids run the session and you're able you were able to kind of like put into words the importance of letting them run the session for us and I think that that was really valuable information I really appreciate what you shared with us thank you thank you <laughs>